thinking of starting a podcast? Well, try Anchor. It's free, easy to use, and its creation tools allow you to record and edit directly from your phone or computer. It'll even take care of distribution for you with a single tap so you can be heard on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Also, Anchor is the only place you can publish video podcasts directly to Spotify. Man, you can even make money using Anchor in a couple of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. It's truly everything you need in one place to make a podcast. So make sure to go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to another episode of It's Cavalier, ladies and gents. Man, Cavs are coming off two straight losses to the New Orleans Pelicans and Atlanta Hawks, respectively. Was not expecting that coming out of the gate. Going into the All-Star break, I thought that maybe a little bit of rest, a little bit of revitalization, and the addition of both Kevin Love and Larry Nance back into the lineup would make for two wins right out of the gate. But boy, was I wrong. So first off, Cleveland versus New Orleans. New Orleans 116, Cleveland 82. There's just not that much to talk about in this game. Jared Allen struggled a bit um, as he went for only 5.7 rebounds. He did have three blocks. That's nice to see. His rim protection has really improved. Uh, and I that was one of the big selling points, I'm sure, when they were trading for him. Colin Sexton um, held under 20 points per game, went 7 of 18, 0 of 3 from 3. It's just when, when Colin's off, he's off, man. Isaac Okoro, two points on the night. That just can't happen. And I am a very big believer in Isaac Okoro. I think Iceman definitely has an all-NBA defensive team future ahead of him. But he's got to do something to develop on the offensive end. And I know Cleveland was not drafting him for his offense, uh, but for his upside, uh, we, we all know that guys like that tend to develop over time at different speeds and It'll be no different with Okoro, who's who's playing very good minutes, pretty heavy minutes. He played 29 this time out. But two points on one of a shooting just should not happen. Larry Nance, 11 points, four rebounds, one assist in 28 minutes. Larry Nance might be one of the only reasons why the Cavs were really in this game from the jump. He He's really a do-it-all guy, and with Kevin Love only playing 10 minutes, you know, being held to a minutes restriction. We kind of knew what we were going to get out of Larry. Uh, We knew he was going to be forced to play heavy minutes right out of the gate uh, with love on that minutes restriction. But it's just, it's hard to ask a guy coming back from injury to do as much as, as Cavaliers are going to be needing out of Larry Nance moving forward. Now, here's where we get to the, uh, the, the, the crazy part, is the Cavaliers bench. We knew with the inclusion of both Love and Nance back into the lineup that we were going to have to figure out uh, different rotations. We're going to have to figure out who exactly was in and who exactly was out, namely J.B. Biggerstaff. That's, just, that's a tough spot to be in. I've been preaching on these last few episodes, but he has to figure out who is in the rotation and who is out. Now, 
everybody actually played against New Orleans, but that was just because of the nature of the blowout. It was just terrible. You go down the line. Jetty Oseman, one of nine. A lot of people have been calling for Jetty to be benched or traded. I'm not of that, not of that line of thought just yet, but hard to really argue for the guy when he's going one for nine from the field, over six from three. Dylan Windler. He's been a bright spot. 18 minutes, 8 points, 5 rebounds. Dylan Re- uh, Dylan Winler has really become a very good rebounder. I don't know how he's doing it. He's a pretty lanky guy out there, I, I suppose. He has some good size on him uh, at that forward position, but he just doesn't look like he should be able to rebound as well as he has been. 4-9 four from, uh, from the field, 0-3 oh, three from 3. Quinn Cook. The surprise addition on a 10-day contract. Played 17 minutes, 13 points, 4 rebounds. 3 of 4 from 3. Now, at the backup point, without Matthew Delvadova and with Darius Garland missing the game, uh, uh, Quinn Cook has really added a much-needed faucet to this team. And I'm really interested to see if he is picked up on a second 10-day contract or uh, or he takes somebody's spot on the team. Now, the next guy up that I'm about to discuss might be a spot where Cleveland chooses to cut bait, and that's Damian Dotson. Played 16 minutes in that game, and he just he hasn't had a good season by any means. Uh, two points, five rebounds, three assists, 0-4 from the field. If anybody is going to lose their job or if anybody is going to be put off this team, it's probably going to be Dotson uh, for Cook if that is to happen. Dean Wade, guy who made five starts and had Cleveland winning some games, four in a row, in fact. Uh, you know, relegated back to the bench. Didn't score any in that game, but, you know, he still provides a lot just being another body out there at that power forward position. JaVale McGee has been a very good addition to this roster. And 13 minutes, he scored seven, had a nice block. And you couldn't ask for anything more out of the veteran at this point in time. He's just really given it his all. He hasn't asked. He hasn't complained about playing time. He's got his rings. So I'm sure that he's he's been a very good influence on this very young team. Broderick Thomas, uh, recent addition to the Cavs, who many have really been anticipating being called up. Um, he even got in the game five minutes. Hit a nice three ball towards the end of the game. And Lamar Stevens. Now, Lamar Stevens, guys, man, I'm just, I feel bad for it because he's, earlier this season, he did as much as he really could. He even had a game-winning dunk. You know, we've discussed it already many a time. He was the hero of the last Atlanta game. But... He's, he appears to be out of the rotation. And you could see it coming from a mile away with Love, with Nance, with Wade, with McGee. Where is Stevens going to line up? You're, you're surely not going to put him at that forward spot just because you have so many different bodies when you talk about Osman, Windler, Okoro, Nance. There's just there's so many guys. There is a lot of guys that could really be uh, – that could really be playing and they're just they're going to be relegated to the bench role from night to night you just don't know what you're going to get you don't know what jb is going to end up doing in regards to the roster 
So that was that game. Not much to talk about. Cleveland shot very poorly from the field, 34%, even worse from three-point, 22%. And if you want to take it a step further, only had 13 assists on the night. You're just not going to win the game when you do that. It's just not going to happen. And the crazy thing is, New Orleans actually turned the ball over 13 times compared to Cleveland's six. That seven-point turnover differential should have mattered for a little bit more. Want to hear a more interesting stat? New Orleans had 70 boards to Cleveland's 33. With Jared Allen and Larry Nance on board, you would think that that number would be not nearly as differential as it is. But uh, this is just the point of the season where we're at. We're trying to include these guys who are coming back. And uh, you're going to have games like this. Now, aside from the Pelicans, the last game out was against the Atlanta Hawks. Cleveland had the chance to have a series sweep, well, season sweep, rather, and, you know, take some confidence. I've, I've been saying this on Twitter. You can't really, to me, Trey Young is no better than Colin Sexton. If anything, the one area that Trey Young is better than Colin at at this point in time is moving the ball. He's a better passer. I have to give him that, no denying it. And even in this game where Trey Young was really kind of shut down for most of it, he still found other ways to impact the game. Colin, on the other hand, 15 points, two rebounds, one assist on five of 17 shooting. When Colin does not have it going, as I said before, it's really going to be tough on this team because he's the guy you can really go to for scoring. Now, Darius Garland, who missed the Pelicans game, who has you know had an injury history, a lot of people are starting to say he is the face of the team. He's the leader of the team. Now, I will say this. I'm not quite of that line of thought. What I will say is with him out on the court, the ball moves much better. He is a natural point guard. He had seven big assists in this game, and you could just tell the energy with the team with him on the court is a lot different than without. Um, You would like more scoring out of Garland. I think, and as the season progresses, you're going to need that out of him. He only had 11 in this game, but he's participating and facilitating the ball. Jared Allen, nine rebounds, uh, nine points, 11 rebounds, and Really, just tough night at the line, 5 of 12. They were sending him to the line a lot because they knew he they knew he wasn't going to hit. So Jared Allen has to fix that problem. Um, he's never really particularly been a great free throw shooter uh, when, in, in terms of his career. You're looking at uh, something similar to Dwight Howard's early seasons in the league. It's just you're not going to see a lot of uh, improvement, I don't think, at this point in time. He's at 71%. So, I mean, I take that back. He's He he is a better free throw shooter than Dwight Howard, obviously. Maybe that's a little bit of an exaggeration. But 71%, you would love that to go up. But for a big man, that's, that's, that's not too bad. Isaac Okoro, a little bit better game this time out. Six points, five rebounds. You would love to see Isaac crack the double-digit barrier more often. He's just not doing it right now. And, you know, he took eight shots, 
04 from three. That that's got to improve. You 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 have to improve upon that. So that's probably the main focus that needs to happen uh, in the off season. Big storyline of this game: Kevin Love. This man played two minutes. Now I'm not even going to get into the controversy just yet about what appeared on social media between. Uh, Colin Sexton and Kevin Love because it's really not that big a deal it's just what people took out of it but the big story of this game was the fact that Kevin only played two minutes before walking off the court with an injury still no update just yet as of recording but it's not encouraging when a man you're paying this amount of money to leaves the court after two minutes of basketball it's just not uh, a lot of fans are starting to question whether Kevin Love should hang him up or not. Um, you know, I've I've posed the question on Twitter. I just don't, I don't know, man. I'm I'm at a crossroads with it. Kevin Love, I I love the man as a player and as a person. He's done a lot for the city of Cleveland, um, for mental health wise. In terms of the NBA, he's done a lot. He's spoken out a lot. So you couldn't have anything bad to say about Kevin Love the person. Kevin Love, the basketball player, is an enigma at this point just because they're paying him so much money and he's played so little games. I, nobody's taken on Love's contract either. So that, that question of him being traded, it's just not happening. For the better or worse, Kevin Love is going to be a Cleveland Cavalier for at least the next two seasons. It's just not going to – he's not going anywhere. And – you know, I would love it if he could just, you know, even if he wasn't as effective as he used to be back in his Minnesota days, I just want to see the guy stay healthy. I think that's all anybody wants out of Kevin Love at this point. We know that he's not going to be the uh, scoring leader on this team. That role is being filled right now by Colin Sexton. But he still can fill and he's been filling the role of veteran leader of the team as the um, you know, other than Matthew Dellavedova as perhaps the last remnant of the 2016 title team, Love brings a lot in terms of championship experience to this roster. It's just sad to see it go this way, though, so far. Um, you know, aside from Kevin Love, Jetty Osman, again, off the bench, 26 minutes, 10 points, 4 rebounds. Bit of a bounce back game, 4-11 from the field, 2-4 from 3. You just don't know what you're going to get out of Jetty. He really is a wild card, and that's why so many people are so with the idea of trading Jetty because he's inconsistent. Larry Nance, four points, four rebounds. You're asking a lot out of Larry coming off an injury again, uh, picking up the slack for Love, picking up the slack for Allen. You're just not going to get a lot out of a guy when you're asking him to spread himself so thin. Quinn Cook getting another good amount of minutes, 18 minutes on the court. Uh, Nothing really to write home about, five points on the day. Dylan Windler still, you know, again, been a very good addition to this roster. I'm glad he's healthy again, but he's just – you know, none of these bench players are are really doing enough to sway the games at this point in time. And Lamar Stevens didn't even get in the game. Ditto for Damian Dotson. I just don't know at this point in time what the main focus should be on. We lost Kevin Love again. 
And with that being said, I'll go ahead and dig right into it. As I referenced earlier, Colin Sexton has gotten himself into some uh, controversy as of late because he liked a Twitter, uh, well, a tweet of somebody saying that Kevin Love is pretty much stealing money from the Cavaliers. Now, regardless of how you feel about that, uh, about what Kevin Love has been able to do on the court and or off the court, people have just blew this way out of proportion. Colin came out immediately and said that, you know, it's not that deep. It's not that serious. He just thought it was funny. And you, you, you can't really blame the guy. I mean, people have varying opinions on Kevin Love. And just like any other sports figure in general, uh, you know, we have so many opinions swirling around about the Cavaliers, you know, about bad chemistry, about Andre Drummond, about Kevin Love. Now this, we had the whole KPJ stuff earlier. And since, you know, since this team has really come into the season, there have been no shortage of rumors flying around. So it's just another one of those things. It's like people are going to love to tear this team apart when they're losing and people are going to love to, you know, be happy for them when they are winning. It's just pick a side, people, you know. Colin Sexton is not divisive, and he's not going to be that way, especially with a mentor like Kevin Love who's really taken Colin under his wing. It's just not going to happen. So people, hush up about it. Please stop making it a big deal like Colin Sexton is is wanting this man off the team because it's clearly not true. He came out immediately and squashed those things. And uh, NBA Twitter, well, Cleveland Cavaliers Twitter in general has a – a bad habit of doing this this type of thing, trying to divide players, trying to put insight where they don't really know what they're talking about. It, it it happened with Kevin Porter Jr. and I know we're all guilty of you know, well, did Cleveland move on too quickly from Kevin? But after really doing my research and looking into what was actually done uh, by Kevin Porter Jr., they had to trade him. Love, on the other hand, he's not going anywhere, as I said. His contract is a bit of an albatross at this point. He can't stay healthy, and you're not going to get a return package for Kevin Love. The best-case scenario for Kevin Love would be a buyout. I just don't see that happening. Be a lot of dead cap money for Cleveland to eat. They're not doing that. So, bottom line, Kevin Love isn't going anywhere for the foreseeable future. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, by time, Colin Sexton and Darius Garland need contract extensions. And really, I think Colin is eligible after this season. They're going to figure something out. They're going to get these guys under contract. It's just it's not going to be a hindrance in that regard. They will figure something out. They're going to get Andre Drummond off the books. They're going to get other players off the books. They will figure it out. It's just not that big a deal. So, Aside from that, moving on from the controversy, we come to today's game against the Miami Heat, a matchup that I've talked about last time out. Going to be very tough for Cleveland to match up against one of the league's premier bigs in Bam Adebayo and better wing players in Jimmy Butler. It's just just really tough. Cleveland should be very familiar with this Miami squad as they had two very good games against the Heat last season towards the end uh, before the pandemic hit. One, it's 
uh, one of them being an overtime win over Miami and the other one being a loss. So we should be very, very familiar with what these guys are capable of. Bam Adebayo can give you an all-around stat line, something like 19 points, 10 rebounds, 6, 7 assists. He can do it all. Jimmy Butler defends at a very high level, always has, probably always will. So in his career, you have flamethrow shooters and Duncan Robinson and Tyler Harrow. They just have a lot. Goran Dragic doing what he does, being an ever-present veteran, on that squad, they just have a lot that they can do compared to what Cleveland can do at this point in time. We got there's no if ands or buts about it. There's no way we're going to win this game if this team does not play more cohesively and we don't get more out of Colin Sexton. I know that's hard to ask when the teams are keying in on Colin as much as they are, but that's just the truth. When Colin doesn't have it going this team is going to lose the game when Darius Garland isn't moving the ball when he's not passing this team is going to lose the game when Jared Allen can't hit free throws at the line and isn't impacting the game in any other way this team is going to lose when Kevin Love only plays two minutes you better bet this team is going to lose So what can Cleveland do to start winning some games in this second half stretch like they sorely need to? Well, glad you asked. First off, be the fight. That's the mantra. I've said it before. I'll say it again. They're going to have to be the fight. They're going to have to bring the fight to the teams. Cleveland is not necessarily talent deficient, but in regards to a lot of these other teams, they're playing at a differential uh i don't know how else to put it cleveland is not going to go into a lot of games with the better roster overall it's just not going to happen but what they make up what they lack in talent they can make up for in heart and hustle and that can win a lot of games if you do it the correct way if you're being coached the correct way if you are playing as hard as you can for Cleveland, they're just going to have to figure that out. They're going to have to be the fight. Secondly, got to get more movement of the ball, and I think that will improve over time as you have guys like Darius Garland, who is the quintessential point guard, leader of the team in some people's eyes, moves the ball very well. You're going to see that. I think you did in the Atlanta game as Cleveland came out very well, just couldn't keep up. Garland had seven assists. Colin Sexton only had one. You can't expect that out of Sexton. Garland, on the other hand, if you're not going to score a lot of points, you're definitely going to have to continue to move the ball. Secondly, you got to get guys in open space. Guys, the shooters, Dylan Windler, Jetty Oseman in a sense, Colin Sexton, these guys can hit the three ball, and they have really upped those attempts throughout the season. Garland, hell, he even took six attempts. Colin took five, but you got to hit them. Isaac Okoro took four, didn't hit any at all. Jetty Osman, you just don't know what you're going to get out of. I keep saying that. You have to get these guys out in open space. Run the ball a little bit more through Larry Nance. Let Larry Nance dictate and be that secondary playmaker that this team needs. I think that as time goes on, that will continue to be the case. You're going to see a lot of those playmaking duties come from Larry Nance, but it's just you got to have guys hit shots, too. These guys have got to hit the shots. 
Next, you have to get bench production. You have to get something else. You got to get more out of somebody else than Larry or Oseman. Is that going to be Quinn Cook, who's looked pretty good, you know, uh, in his return to Cleveland? Is that going to be more from Dylan Windler? Is that going to be something more from Dean Wade? Who knows? JaVale McGee is giving it his all every game, but scoring is not really his bag. Who knows? Lastly, in my opinion, you have to get this rotation underway. You have to get it, you have to figure out what the correct rotation is because you're not going to win a game just swapping guys in, swapping guys out. You got to have some proper rotation, some proper sets that you're running out there. Put Lamar Stevens back in the game, JB. I don't know. Dude, something has got to give. So, those are my keys to winning the next couple of games over the season's course it's just sitting at 14 and 24 and really ironically the Cavaliers are only three games out of the 10 seed due to uh, recent Pacers loss so we're not too far out although we are on a uh, three game losing streak even dating back to before the all-star break we're still in it only three games back, still a long stretch of the season to go. This this uh, second half is supposed to be very arduous in regards to back-to-backs. Uh, probably perhaps none more showcased than today being the first half of a back-to-back. Cleveland at Miami uh, and Boston playing Cleveland tomorrow. So it two very good teams, two playoff teams. It's going to be a very tough road. And on Friday, not to mention, you have San Antonio. So Cleveland has got to figure out a couple of things. And I'm I'm loving, I, I'm sorry if I'm bringing some uh, negativity to you guys. But I, I am loving the development that I am seeing. I know this is going to be, this is a rebuild. It's going to take some time. It's going to take some patience from fans. It's just going to, you know, fans and coaches alike. Of the Cavaliers. It's just going to take some patience. We're not there yet. We're a couple of pieces away from really being a playoff contender, whether that be through the draft and a player like Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, somebody, I don't know. It's just we're not there yet. And that's that it's clear as day. I would love to see this team make the postseason uh for the first time without LeBron in years. Just don't know if that is going to happen. I'm praying on it. I'm hoping I'm Possibly the best way that I could put it is cautiously optimistic, but I do understand that if we don't make the playoffs, it's probably for a good reason. Before I end today's episode, I'm just going to go ahead and answer a couple of questions that I've received recently. First off, favorite first half Cavaliers moment? Well, that would probably have to be Colin Sexton scoring a career high 42 points, uh, which included 22 in a double overtime win over the Brooklyn Nets. Can't beat that. Uh, favorite non-LeBron James Cleveland Cavalier, probably Tristan Thompson, the Cavalier, uh, the former Cavalier Ironman. Never really had great career scoring average, never made an all-star team, or at least has that made an all-star team uh, to this date. But the the grind that he played with, the defense, the switchability, he just, man, I that it just embodies everything that I loved about the city of Cleveland and the basketball team uh, the, of the Cavaliers. So Tristan Thompson is my favorite non-LeBron James Cavalier of all time. Um, 
who are the team's core players moving forward? I think that's pretty straightforward. Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, Isaac Okoro, Kevin Love, Larry Nance, and Jared Allen. Um, Andre Drummond. What to do with Andre Drummond? Uh, I think Andre Drummond gets bought out. I don't think you're going to be able to trade him at this point in time. I don't think that means anything bad, though. Cleveland took a flyer, took a shot on him, missed. It happens. It's okay. Didn't really give up a lot to get him. Uh, <laughs> Brandon Knight, John Henson, nothing against you guys. Uh, just the truth. It's just they didn't have to sacrifice a whole lot. Really just two expiring deals to get Drummond. It just didn't work out. It is what it is. Um, any specific trade targets, uh, Cleveland should look at, um, I would say that Cleveland could definitely benefit. It, it really just going to depend in my opinion on what they end up doing with Quinn cook. If they sign cook for the rest of the season and he takes over for, um, I don't know, maybe Damian Dotson, then I'm, I'm okay at that point guard spot. If not, do what you can to upgrade that position, whether that be Frank Milikinta, uh somebody like Dennis Smith Jr., who I know the Pistons probably aren't going to really want to get rid of, um, who I would really love to see on Cleveland. Uh, Jay Sean Tate from the Houston Rockets, man. One of my all-time favorite Ohio State Buckeyes. Would love to see him. Uh, play for the Cavaliers. He he he's really a do it all kind of. Uh, I don't know are they classifying him as a forward or a guard. I'm just not sure, but I would love to see him as a Cavalier. Uh, should the team push for the playoffs? Yes, I I definitely think they should push for the playoffs. Just because as a professional athlete, I think you have or should have an obligation to the fans who pay money uh, to your organization. Uh, to that directly benefits you to put the best product on the court. And I think these young guys in particular are eager, who haven't lost too much in their careers just yet. Uh, Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, Jared Allen, these guys who haven't lost repeatedly uh, from season to season yet, just yet in their young careers. I think that they are more apt to want to get to the postseason as opposed to a guy like JaVale McGee. Don't get me wrong. I think obviously JaVale McGee wants to go to the playoffs, but He's already won some rings. He he knows what the playoffs, he knows what titles feel like. But the guys who haven't been there yet is even more important for their development. So, of course, I want Cleveland to push for the playoffs over tanking for a number one pick that may or may not pan out or a college guy who hasn't yet been proven in the NBA yet. So I definitely think they should push for the playoffs. With that being said, I'm going to go ahead and close out today's episode. As always, if you have any questions, concerns, topics, things of that nature, you can always hit me up on Twitter at itscavalier underscore pod. I'm out. Y'all have a good day.